You're listening to Toss Out the Rules podcast, where we bring together influential people from all walks of life. Defining their success with their own rules and sharing their stories the way they want to. This is Kelly Fernandez and Alessia Danielle, two girls with no rules and leaders in our industries of business and health and wellness. As master networkers, we love to connect and cultivate relationships. We've realized everyone has a story to tell and there's no right way to success. Our mission is to empower your individuality, awaken your purpose, and up-level your life to live a life of authenticity. So tune in every Tuesday for groundbreaking inspiration. Get ready to open your mind and toss out the rules. Hey, I'm so excited, Danny, to have you with us. Um, I remember when I heard there was a cookie shop opening in Asbury Park. I was just so excited because I just think that with this community, everyone needs more cookies in their lives and it just makes everyone happier. And your message about spreading love is also so powerful as well. So we're extremely excited to have you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Kelly's just really excited about the hot chocolate. (laughs) I am extremely excited. (laughs) She got the last of our hot chocolate from yesterday. I know when she said that (laughs) this morning when I woke up, I could have made myself hot chocolate and then I stopped at Cafe Boulogne before and I was like, I could have it here, but no, like just want this one cup from here. So So excited. Yeah. I love the guys at Boulogne too. We get our coffee from them. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Totally like Asbury community, I know. right? Yes. It's so it's well, when, so I mean, unique. We specifically did that on purpose when we opened here. I didn't want to step on their toes at all, so we I went right to Paul, who I had known um, from mm-hmm. around the way, and I asked him if they would be our coffee supplier. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Did that on purpose, and it's true. I mean, you go to a lot of shops around here, and I see your cookies are yes. being served as well, which, which is, is so nice. I know because whenever I'm craving one, if the shop's not open, I can still get it, which is. Yeah, pretty that's awesome. The idea. And we're hoping to get into some more shops too. So we have to get that going. That's pretty awesome. So I think let's just get right into it. Um, did you always know that you wanted to open a cookie shop or if this was your future plans or did this just kind of unravel? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. I, I mean, when I was in college, I went to this um, really amazing cafe. I went to school in Rhode Island. I went to Rhode Island School of Design, RISD. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite place to study or read was this coffee shop called Peaberries on Thayer Street. And I would meet friends there. And I, I just loved like the community aspect mm-hmm. of it. So, you know, a pie in the sky dream was always like to own a cafe. But it was it was so distant, far off. I never really thought it would actually happen. The way I stumbled upon owning this place was there's really no plan. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like toss out the rules, toss out the plan. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, went for it because the uh, opportunity presented itself. That's awesome. And then you, did you go into working with Martha Stewart right after? Like, how did that happen? I didn't. So after I graduated, I waited tables for a while, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. It was like a a second education for me. And um, I loved the restaurant industry. I always did. But then I particularly really loved it when uh, I was waiting tables in a small place in Hoboken called Mm O'Neill's. Still open. Still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I started interviewing for jobs and, you know, I had an illustration degree, but also uh, 
learned, took some illustrator classes on my way out and did some graphic design. So I ended up working in fashion. I worked for Ralph Lauren for a few years. Mm. Um, actually more than a few years, nine years. So, um, and I was working in their graphics department and what, it was such a cool job. I mean, it, it was just one of those things where I couldn't believe it. I had a desk in New York city and working in this like major fashion house. Um, and while the job wasn't that creative, there was still so much to learn, you know, mm-hmm. just from the people there, from the style, from Ralph's, um, just from like his lobby. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you just, just picture Ralph Lauren runway shows and like his lobby is like 10 times that all the time when they decorate for Christmas. It's every little chandelier, you know, prong has a perfectly tied bow on just it. Just like so detail oriented. So and- Yes, exactly. And you know, we were in the men's art department, which was, you know, people didn't really need to like dress up in those departments. Mm-hmm. Like we were just like casual, like most art departments are, but you would see the people who are like the buyers and stuff. And they're like, look like they walk off the runway, like every day. Like it was unbelievable. So it's super, super inspiring. And at the end of my Ralph career, like I kind of had it split in half where I worked in the men's design department and I was doing a little bit of fashion illustration and graphics. And then um, I ended up working with the windows team on the other end of the business, which was amazing. And um, I really think that's where, like, I started to get my styling, like, skills, really. It was all visual, though. I wasn't I wasn't hands-on. I was still doing graphics for them. But I think just paying attention, soaking it in. Um, if they need an extra hand, I would be there. You know, I was always... I was always a yes person. I, that's my thing. Say yes, do it. If you have the time, uh, get put yourself out there. And you learn um, so much from doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're and, so much better off. Like, you know, and, and I would think about it too. It's like, well, instead of like, you know, maybe going out on a Thursday night and getting margarita, which I could do anytime, like maybe I'll just work late with the Windows team and see what they're up to. And, and you know, for free, because that was a learning experience that where else would I ever get that experience? Was it just pushed you to have more creative boundaries? like push those boundaries. And also, even though what you're doing now is so different, it's everything that you do in life is just a layer on top of another layer, learning and teaching what you're doing. And, uh, (laughs) absolutely. It really is. And the, the thing is too, with what this shop is, is really just kind of, you know, part of the shop is what it looks like. Part of the shop is the atmosphere. And that's all what I learned in styling with Ralph Lauren and stuff, or, you know, observing styling with Ralph Lauren and then styling for Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's all, you got to soak it in. You got to pay attention. You got to take those chances and opportunities when they arise, you know? Now, were you a baker, cook, or anything at this point? Not at all. No, not at all. It's crazy. So yeah, I come from a big Italian family like you do. And uh, my my grandmother was the master entertainer. She could have three people over or 30 and would not, not even like a bead of sweat. Like it would just be like, the more the merrier. We'll, we'll just put up another table. Like get the folding chairs. Yeah. The, fo- <laughs> the folding chairs are like a real thing. It's family. so true. We had the plastic cat, like on the couches and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I look back at it and it was just like so nostalgic for me and amazing. Um, So she was like a master entertainer, but no one else in my family really was. My cousin was very into baking, um, but for me, this was, I was kind of approaching the decorated cookies more as an art anyway, because it was really, when I broke it down, it was the the majority piece is being able to draw on the cookies. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so it was just a matter of figuring out the right consistency of icing and how I could make that icing into something I could manipulate creatively, so... 
And now here we yes, are. Yes, and then this all the other so baking easy. too. I mean, because I mean, I, we do have different cookies in the shop, like my chocolate chip. The chocolate chip is a result of several different recipes melded together. And I got that idea when I was paying attention on an interview that Martha Stewart did with Marissa Mayer from Google, which is interesting because she, or maybe she was working at Facebook on the time at the time, but Martha did an interview with her and I styled it. And, you know, it was like a couch interview, really interesting. She was talking about how she's a hobby baker and loves to bake and how she does all these analytics of, like, the best recipes. So she'll, like, Google or whatever the best recipes and pulls everything. And I was like, duh. Like, why would – that's brilliant. Like, so I – like, all, like, the hot chocolate is two of my – like, taken from two of my favorite mm-hmm. cups of hot chocolate I ever had. One was in Paris. The other was from City Bakery in New York. Um, same with the chocolate chip. City Bakery inspired. One of my friend Amanda inspired it. Um, I, there's just, you know, there's that New York Times chocolate chip. So it's all kind of like melded together from that. And again, like I, I really never thought to merge a recipe together because I'm not a trained pastry chef, but I was paying attention to that interview and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give that a shot myself. So. And it's funny that you just said like from you saying yes to something, Martha Stewart, right? You took something from that that was completely unrelated to what she was even there for. Absolutely. Took it and now you have these like unique recipes that, I mean, and there's so much out there even like I love to take pictures of my food when I cook. Yes. And a lot of the times, and baking is completely different. I think there's like a little less wiggle room unless you kind of know what you're doing. Right, right. But with cooking, I would just go, I don't really want that in there. So I'm just going to swap it out for something else. Yeah. Yes. And then I can recreate that recipe to be my own. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Making I, things healthier. And I end up, like right. I love to cook and I bake a lot. Like I I'm, I'm love it so much. And I kind of fell through the past few years of doing it just because I've been so busy. And now it's something I'm bringing back. Nice. And I have been recently doing that, just looking at recipes of the same type of, you know, topic and then just taking what I want because I know what I like and what I want to incorporate. And what you don't like, right. And with trial and error over time, when you're practicing this, you know what will work and what what won't work. Yes. And that just is, you know, as you probably have experienced a lot of trial and error with your baking recipes too, right? Absolutely. One of the things too that I I learned in the Martha Kitchens, uh, because, you know, I was styling... Um, on her show when she was on NBC. So they had a whole kitchen that was like on set, but also like half off set. Like they were always cooking in there. And no matter who the chef, no matter who was coming on, they would have to pre-test that recipe to make sure that what the recipe says worked for them. So we do that as well. So I was always around like watching them test and taste and, you know, and and the chef would come in and work with them. and, And it was just like a really interesting process. Like you can't necessarily think you're going to bake something out of a cookbook and like it exactly like that. And that's like really the art of Italian cooking, right? You throw yes. a little bit thin. You yep. So it's kind of interesting when you could actually like make that a thing. And, and it's kind of what we do with our cookies. Especially with baking too, not every oven is created equally. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. The air. I mean, just, just as a baker myself, it's just, I can't get a hold of my current oven. Yes. <laughs> so we have that here. I had a huge learning curve here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, the opening this place was like every place like you know just when is it going to happen and then once we turned the oven on it was so different that we actually had to like give it like three three to five tries per recipe wow and at all different degrees all different like cooling times everything because it really is so different and these cookies strangely enough that I have on the table here 
I cooked them at home um, for a dinner party this weekend, and I had four left, and I brought them in. They they even look a little different. Like there is just there is just something, something about yeah, just, and it's so funny because some of the girls will be like, "Oh, I know you bake those at home." Like you know, it's just it's one of those things. Like they just the professional oven is different. It's a different animal. We have to uh, turn the the heat way down. We're really really interesting differences. So it's true. You really have to get comfortable with your oven and your equipment too. Yeah, for anyone who's out there that is, you know, a new baker, what do you what are some recommendations with trying out these recipes and testing with ovens and all of that? Like what does that entail? The first thing you always have to do is follow the recipe exactly. I would always say follow it exactly. One one note though that is good is with so many things online now, there's so many comments, especially like Bon Appetit is one of my favorites. Martha is one of my favorites. And people do comment a lot. So I would say follow the recipe exactly unless there's like an overwhelming amount of amount of comments that are like this is the wrong amount of like butter or something Mm -hmm. like that then you could take that into consideration but usually like back in the day I would always just start with what is the recipe there it is okay now what do I like about it what do I not like about it do I want it to be crispier do I want it to be softer in the middle and then make adjustments according to that Um, our sugar cookie recipe which is the our decorated cookies um, is basically one of Martha's old recipes Um, someone had gifted me a cookie kit Um, it was like for Martha fans it was the Noah's Ark cookie cutter kit it was this beautiful copper kit that you could just really just put out because it's so beautiful and within it was a recipe and I started using that recipe and then I fine-tune it and one of the things that I fine-tuned was I took baking powder out of it because you don't want these cookies to puff up you want them to be like that's one of our signature things is our cookies are really in that shape um and so I was like, well, why am I adding baking powder to it? Then? So, you know, trial and error. And a lot of people, when I give, I have that recipe on my blog, sugar cookie cutouts. Um, Christmas is coming up, so people might want to be baking. Um, but a lot of people write back to me and be like, did you mean to leave baking powder out of that? And I'm like, yes, do not put it in. That's so, going to be the difference. Yeah, definitely. Big That's difference. Awesome. Yeah. So before we were um, like hooked up to the podcast and everything, obviously we were just talking like casually about business and and things like that. And two things that stood out to me that you said, one was this like adorable heart logo that you have that's everywhere in here on your shirt, the cookies. Um, So like I was wondering if that was part of it because I know sweet, right, love. But you said something like, I'm just really here to just like share love through sweets and dessert and like where did that come from definitely I've always been like a big love spreader I have like hearts all over myself on tattoos and um, it's it's, the hearts have definitely always been my thing but when I opened the shop I feel like that first year I definitely lost focus of like what I was trying to do with the cookie business and trying to like keep up with all the restaurants around here and you know who's coming in here and who's going in there and I, I was definitely just lost focus of my ultimate message with this business is to make people happy with cookies and spread love doing that. Um, and whether you're ordering cookies from us or you're coming in and taking a class, like you're experiencing love from that. And when I put my put that back into perspective, my second year, we did much better. I got much more comfortable. Um, my focus. And, you know, our cafe, the thing that's tough, too, is we're on uh, Bangs, so it's a tough street. We don't get a lot of foot traffic. And I was just really, like, beating myself up about that. I was really intimidated by the cafe business to begin with. 
Um, I don't like guessing what people might want to eat because I don't like food waste. I'm really sensitive about it, as everyone is, right? Um, but to throw away a plate of decorated cookies on Sunday night is heartbreaking. And sure, I could donate them and, and I would love to donate them. But at the end of the day, that's a lot of money out the door because it's so much labor to do them and so much time um, that I really had to, to figure out a better way to do it. So we brought our numbers down in the cafe of what we have available much way down and then we started focusing more on doing our classes on the weekend which has really been awesome because we're open anyway and pretty much every Sunday or Saturday we have a class which is awesome so kids and adults could come in and decorate cookies of course they have to pre-register um, but this time of year especially like our classes are selling out in like a couple days um, over the summer like you know you could pretty much always get in but it's it's it was a really kind of nice shift and also a shift back to my original intention with this business which is spreading the love yeah I love that yeah I think it's so important when you have that it's not even like a hiccup but you realize that you need to realign back with your mission, how things shift. Absolutely. Absolutely. I even, even with that shift too, I found that I was even suddenly able to go back to the gym, go like have a minute, you know, like have some people over for dinner, which we did this weekend, which was amazing. I mean, that first year I had no life. It was just, it was so, so much like, Oh, I'm not doing this right. Uh, You know, you're really hard on yourself when no one's coming through the door. Um, and it was really just me. It was I wasn't doing what I what my core intention was. Yeah. Yeah. And also because it was the first year you're just trying that out as well and you didn't know what to base it off of. Absolutely. So it's definitely hard, especially, you know, Asbury Park is still developing, so you don't know what like how things are gonna turn out. So true. And that's really hard. But I What's mean, interesting too mm-hmm. is like everyone was like, Oh, wait till you see the summer crowds, you're gonna get crushed. And now we do have a summer crowd and it's very, very nice. Um, but we do not get crushed. Like we definitely do not get crushed. So I, I do see, um, an uptick in sales in the summer, but our best quarter is the end of the year right it's now. The fourth quarter. Yeah. We're about to be entering November and December. I could basically like set up a cot well, right cookies. here. <laughs> I mean, this, I, I'm obsessed with hot chocolate. So honestly, one of the most exciting things, my favorite season is the fall. So yes. I'm like excited because it's like fall clothes. I get my hot chocolate and it's just a cozy time of year where people are thinking of cookies and yes. just even more. Because, and being cozy. Yeah. And also I love to bake during the holidays, like gingerbread cookies. So it's yes. probably so fun for friends and family to do these workshops together. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've, we've been, you know, booking privates like for November and December since like September. It's interesting, like September, turns and it like really slows down around here but like my inbox is insane with people booking parties and wanting to like you know I really should have my November workshops up that's on my schedule to do today um, but yeah a lot of people are asking and, and it's great it's such a fun cookie decorating with family is one of the most fun activities and I was always an artist so I was always coming up with crafts and things to do like we would have like Christmas day and I'd be like okay everyone we're gonna like make a Santa hat like when I was little you know we do like paper crafts and things like that but you know as I was getting into the this business, the best people to practice on were my family. So I would run workshops like basically on Christmas Eve. 
and we would make amazing cookies and everybody loved it. It was so fun. And if you didn't want to do it, you didn't have to do it. But even the people who said they didn't want to do it, did it and still had fun. It's always that so, way. Yeah. So once they're sitting there with their arms closed, like, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll just try this. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's sometimes me too. I'm like, I'm not going to, all right, fine, I'll do it. Um, but something else that you said earlier today too was about one of your favorite bakeries that just closed. Yes. And that you're heartbroken about it. I really? might start crying. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I was, uh, so Cookie Con was here a couple of years, a uh, couple of weeks ago, which was amazing. So it's an actual cookie convention that people fly, flew in, they stayed here in hotels, and they just like did intensive stuff about cookies all weekend. And it was a great it weekend. Was Asbury? It was in Asbury oh Park. Um, Shortcake put it on. So Shortcake Shop, Jersey, uh, it was the Jersey Shortcake Show. And it was amazing for us. I taught a class on Friday and then I sat on a panel on Friday night and the panel was about opening a brick and mortar because so many people are not opening brick and mortars anymore. And for years, I was a private business online, everything online. Um, and, you know, I would just have like pickup locations. So it was interesting because I felt like I was like too hard because, you know, there's a group of people sitting there eager. They want to hear about how awesome it is to have a bakery and, or they want your like miracle tip, right? which could be something as simple as like, just go back to the reason you're doing it. Not like this is the secret sauce. Totally. Totally. And I like the quote for me that I made from that night, which I, I like later on was like, God, I hope I wasn't too much a downer was do not do this. If you don't have a baseline income, of baked goods, like that every week you know you're gonna sell this. For me, that's cookie favors. It has nothing to do with this cafe, nothing to do with this window or door. It is cookie favors. So yeah. I had that business going for a good three years where I was making a consistent amount of money doing that. And then I knew I could pay my rent with that. And then I did this. Here's the other tip that I gave them. You do not even know what sort of taxes, payroll taxes, workman's comp, all this kind of stuff like adds up. And I felt like, you know, I had to share this with these people and they're all looking at me, you know, it's like really quiet. And I was like, oh. But I was also there with Kimmy with Confections of a Rock Store and another amazing baker. Um, and they all kind of were mirroring what I was saying. They they agreed. And I, I, so that, it was a great panel. Everyone thanked us. It was nice. And then I was thinking, oh gosh, was I too harsh? You know, I hope I didn't crush anybody's dreams. A couple days later, I was on Instagram and I saw that City Bakery, which was one of my favorite bakeries ever, which is a New York institution, has closed. And they were really honest about how they closed and why. And it was money. They had too much debt. Um, they And one thing that she said in her post that, I, that really just like kind of shook me was, I was never out of the danger zone. She was in business for years and she was never out of the danger zone. And that was also something that we talked about in the panel too. Um, we had a brutal flood here in the basement, just like, I think it was like mid-September, basically walked in and it sounded like someone was showering in here. It was horrifying. And luckily it was something with the building. If that were me, I would have went into some serious debt. And so that's what she meant, like, about the danger zone. Like, if you're going to do this, like, you really need to be prepared. And you also are going to have to walk that line. And I, I couldn't imagine walking that line for as long as they did. And, and I think it's so sad that they closed. I'm so upset about it. And so many people are. And you said something earlier today, like it's a mindset thing, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, if they can't make it, how am I going Absolutely. to? But I think a lot of things that keep you afloat is like 
and I'm sure they were passionate too, but you just being beyond the hype of I own a business and, you know, and then there's, and we talk about this so much on the podcast that your like work and the black and white, like numbers of business versus mindset, you need both. So you can have this amazing, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go for it. I'm not ready yet, but I'm going to jump and all these things. But if you don't have like some level of support or you're not smart about it, like, you know, so I think it's perfect because you have a little bit of both of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really important. Um, I also have a husband who has a really great job. So that's, that's something that with this business and while I've been building it, like ultimately he is, he is our support system and and that's amazing. So that's also something too, that I'm very honest about. No, it's incredible to have that support because some people don't have that and it just gives you that extra boost when you need it too. And it's just another person to just tell you, keep going. Like just the silver lining is right there. Absolutely. But I think what you just mentioned, it's so important because we've both like, we've speak to a lot of audiences and I think a lot of people want to hear that everything is great and dandy and all of that, but they really more, they appreciate more the fact that you go deeper and that you're more authentic about what is really happening Yes, because that's, what's going to save them at the end of the day. It's it not the, um, Oh, everything's fine. I'm just going to keep what I'm doing. It's, you know, if it's hitting the fan, you need to figure out why and you have to realign. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I still don't think a lot of businesses share that. I think it just, it's all like happy. It's, I think and they don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Like not it's being tough. Successful. I mean, I'm, a, I'm also a little bit older. I'm, I put it out there. I'm not, you know, I, I, and I think it's hard in like the world of Instagram. Like everyone wants to have this perfect life and be like, you know, staring out with this giant thing of cookies with like, you know, shining out the window and, but it's, you know, that's not really the reality. You know, I was just saying to my baker yesterday that I can't remember like the last time I didn't wake up at 6am, like until today I slept until (laughs) eight o'clock and it was awesome. But I mean, that was planned. I planned to sleep till eight o'clock. You knew you could. Right. Right. There is none of that otherwise. So yeah, the honesty is important. I think so. Things do happen. I remember like, I don't know, it was like a few months ago you did a custom cookie and you had shared that something was off on the calendar. It was like, I don't know. There is, I forget which specific cookie it was, but you had scheduled it for a different date and there was like a miscommunication. So oh, you had a rush. Yes. But like, to me, I'm like, Oh, that, that was, makes a, this, that yeah. makes such a great, like, I mean, that, sorry. <laughs> I know that was a wedding favor. Oh my gosh. Oh, no. And then my it's messenger was late. It was like, Oh my God, I'm just going to have to go walk these down the aisle myself. Like it was, it was just so crazy. But that's what really yes. happens in any business, any business. Absolutely. And you know, to be, it's unrealistic to think that, and you know, that's also business owners that are on Instagram and they get sucked into this hole of everyone's doing great and there's no yes. like behind the scenes of things happening is just unrealistic to me. Absolutely you unrealistic. Have to, you never know what someone's going through or what's happening and you have to keep that in mind that and it makes you feel better about your own journey. You totally. Know? Yes. But when I saw that, I just, it was badass that you shared that because I was like, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah. I agree. And uh, because especially with wedding, because like wedding is such a different market that's like so sensitive and like, you know, uh, like the whole thing. You don't want to be the vendor that messed up. Right. (laughs) Totally. You don't want to be the person who forgot like the favors. But it was funny because like it was just one of those situations where like the groom was ordering and like it was just kind of like all over. the. This order was a little bit all over the place. And then when we honed in on it. 
And he had asked me about the packaging and I was like, okay, well, we have a few weeks like to get me. And he was like, no, it's on Saturday. And I was like, oh my God, like basically like hung up the phone and started like ran in and started baking his, his favors. Like it was crazy. Book the messenger, everything. And yeah, like weddings that it's so funny because everyone wants to be so perfect and perfect, perfect, perfect. The first thing I tell people is the day is not going to be perfect. Just address that, have fun with it, embrace it. You're a human. Everybody there is a human. You're going to have a human wedding and a human experience. And it's going to be amazing. Even the little mistakes. You'll My wedding cake, our wedding cake, I wanted a chocolate cake like forever. We've been married for 18 years. So like, the, like 18 years ago, you weren't really seeing a lot of chocolate cakes. Got to the place, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The cake was mocha. Like it was not chocolate. It was so... And How ironic that right. a baker's cake was wrong at her <laughs> right, wedding. Totally. And I was and it was funny because I wasn't really baking at the time. It was just like when I was like thinking about it. But I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I was on the dance floor most of the night. It was fun. I, I just went with it. And no so. one is going to remember those things. And it's the same thing in business. Like if something goes, one thing that I learned because my business is like partnered with another company was a lot of people would blame the company if they did something wrong. Like right. if something didn't get there on time or whatever. And nine out of 10 times it like fell on the consultant and, and they're like, well, if I own this, they're going to think that I'm bad at what I do. And it's like, well, no, they're going to think poorly of the company and never come back either way. So you might as well just say, you know what? I made a mistake. I didn't put your order in on time or I put their own credit card number in or whatever it's going to be. Own it. Apologize. Make up for it in some yes. way if you can afford to do that. And it's going to come back to you. And you know, and if that person is really that pissed off, that just says more about them than it does that anything is so else. True. So that is I so also true. think... I mean, the clientele I have, there's no way that there's not going to be some sort of miscommunication at one point. I mean, it just happens. There's someone, and you just have to be very honest. But when you, again, realign with that miscommunication or like the communication style or anything like that or the information and you tell them, you know, this has to be changed. I feel like they respect you so much more that you're willing to be saying, I apologize, we'll fix this, then you just going around it because a lot of people just pretend that nothing's wrong. Right. That drives me crazy. Absolutely. One of the, (laughs) one of my bosses at Ralph Lauren, um, because ultimately I was like doing kind of like, we were like kind of a service department because we were like the graphic artists for the stores. And, you know, if they needed a graphic or they needed a lookbook, you know, and um, his feedback to me was that people were like intimidated by me because that I was saying no too much. And also because I have like a look, I guess. And um, it was one of the, it was, it was, I was like, wow, I felt really bad about it, but it was the best feedback that I ever got because I started to make an adjustment for that. I don't want people to think I'm unapproachable. I believe that was, that was the phrase that he used, but also what he wanted me to project was really never say no. So we try to do that here. We try not to say no, right? So we request two weeks for a custom order. Most people, now we've like trained our customer and we will be training our customer like forever on that. But we always get that person who's like, oh, I I need something in like two days. The answer to those people is no. Um, unless they want chocolate chips or something like that. So it's really no, but no, you can't have this, but you could have two dozen chocolate chips in two days. Um, I had someone approach me about doing 70 cookies for a birthday party on Friday. 
that's going to be hard for us. But I actually said yes, because we were able to come to agreement about what the cookie is and we could do 70 of that cookie. You know, I know like what our capacity is. So we really try to say yes as much as possible. And if we say no, it's no, but no, like but that. you can no have but. this. Yeah. I really so, like that. And yeah. that's something I wanted to touch more on as well, because every time I walk in here, wherever I see you, I think there's just so much positivity and just even your message about spreading love. How do you keep that going? You just oh have such a great, that's like so open sweet. heart. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, I've always just had like a really positive outlook. I've, I was a born optimist, which I say. Um, and it's almost like to the point where it's like annoying to people. <laughs> so I like, I, in my life, I have tried to tone it down here and there because I know that not everybody has that. Right. Um, but yeah, so part of it is just like my natural, just born energy, but I always like lead with positivity. I lead by example. Um, I, I'm not a yeller. I try to be as understanding as possible. Um, you know, ultimately I live a life of gratitude and, um, in hard times, like I've actually kept a gratitude journal and I know like if I'm feeling down when I need to do it. So there's been a couple years where I've done it every day, write down three things, you know, what was the best thing about today? And I, I think it's just living a life of gratitude is it's almost like a religion in itself. Yeah. And so that's, that's really kind of how I keep so positive. Yeah. yeah. I have a gratitude journal and I love it. It's Amazing. just, in a, it, it's like, you can tell the days that you don't do it, yes. you missed it and you just doing it again, like the following day, how that changes everything. It just feels so good. Yeah. We were I just agree. talking about how, um, I was like walking on the boardwalk this morning near where you live. And I ended up doing a meditation on the beach as the sun was coming up and it was so beautiful and just yeah. being so happy and yeah. grateful for everything. And I think it's so important to just be aware of that. Everything Absolutely. we have. There's always someone who's having a harder day mm -hmm. or having a harder time. And, you know, it, it's just, you have to be grateful for the few things that you have. I, I mean, I, some people like, I don't like to share their age. So, you know, I, I always say I'm a little bit older than everybody. You know, I'm very involved in the babes in, babes in business and I love Jen. And I'm in my 40s um, and a lot of people don't know that. But I, I embrace it. I am, thank you. I have another birthday. I'm lucky to have that. You know, I'm going for a mammogram later today. I, I hope it's okay. You know, I mean, so there's so many things to be grateful for and, uh, and, and it could change on a dime. So... Yeah. And I think it's really important to mention too, you said, you know, for the most part, you've been that way. It's your like natural energy. Not everyone is like that. And like, I like resonate with that. And yeah. I've had some people say like, they'll complain to me. And then my immediate thing is to give them like some kind of solution. Yes. And they're like, I don't want to hear your silver lining. And it's I'm so like, true. oh, okay. You know what? You're right. I'll just give it to myself. But also that, and I like, I really want to pinpoint that she, you said this, she said, when I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm feeling down, that's when you plug into the, the gratitude journal. Yes. It becomes sometimes like in the beginning, if you're just not sure like how to get there, yeah, doing it consistently every day. But sometimes I'm at the point where like, okay, I miss it today. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. But I can, I can also just be in the car and think about the things I'm grateful for. So and if, true. Yes. If I write them down, it's going to be better. But it's not the purpose of writing it down. That just makes it like a chore for you to do. Right. It's really understanding 
like that thought process. So you Absolutely. get to the point where you don't have to do it every day because it really does become part of who you yes, are. Yes, you're like yeah. walking down the street or you're like, you know, watching the sunrise or anything like that. But I would say anyone who's like, you know, looking for that first grit, gratitude page, if you're going to do an actual journal, your first entry should be, I woke up. Yeah. Like that's it. I know you, Oprah, up, you went to sleep last night and you woke up. Yeah. Next, like what's your next one? Oprah Winfrey says that she like it's like one yes. of the yes. I have that on the on the wall over here. So the from thank Oprah. Yous? Yes. Uh, she it says um wake up Say thank you because that's what she says every yeah. morning. She wakes up because so many people unfortunately don't wake up. That's right? like yes. how they pass away, which is it's just sad. But I mean, we are we should that is our first gratitude of the day. Absolutely, to be awake, to be there, to be present. It's, we were just talking about Day of the Dead. So Day of the Dead, um, so for me, is like prop, maybe my favorite holiday. I, I mean, I, lo- I love Christmas. I'm crazy for Christmas. And working on the Martha show got me crazy for Halloween. I never liked it before. But I've always loved Day of the Dead. And the whole point of Day of the Dead is remembering that every day, I'm going to sound like the, the Grim Reaper, which my husband <laughs> always says I'm the Grim Reaper when I say this. Every day you're walking with death. That is it. You don't know when you're going to go. You don't know how it's going to happen. Um, so if you remember that every day and that's like in your mindset, then writing a gratitude journal is easy. Yeah. Thinking of gratitude in the car or, you know, while you're walking down the street is easy. Well, it's what Alessia said. It's just when you have that moment of it's just, you're just realizing that your awareness is high and something's coming up. It's not, you're in like a low vibration state, yes. right? And you feel it and switching it, being aware of it. And then going back to your gratitudes and how that brings you up. That's so mm-hmm. important. I mean, Absolutely. we were talking about a deer plunged into my yes. car on I was Friday. just thinking about that when I was saying yeah. this. Yeah. No, and honestly, the first thing I thought was like, I could have just died right Absolutely. now. I mean, that deer was so big. I've never, I've been in previous car accidents. I've never been more scared in my life. Absolutely. Like, we were talking, my mom had an accident yeah. where her car was totaled, like glass shot. I mean, it's a dangerous accident. So I ended up, I called my father and I, I felt like I, uh, you're always like the little kid. Yeah. No, ever. Like, of course. So like I called him, I was like, is he going to be disappointed in me? <laughs> so he was like, no, Kelly. I mean, I have a friend who's in the hospital for six months because a deer went through the windshield yes. and crushed him. It's a really scary And accident. I was like, wow, that puts it into so much perspective. This was nothing. Like the car, like I can drive the car. The yes. car is like damaged, but I'm okay. Yes. So it was just, you know, just kicking it in and like, I don't even know. What That's I like said. a kicking mega, it <laughs> it's like a mega thing, you know, yeah. gratitude for that well, day. Definitely. definitely. But you have to, it's yeah. even the little things when something's not right, like happening that you want to, or it's, you know, at the shop or like just those tiny little things, you have to tap into that because it just changes everything. It changes your day. Yeah. And also too, it's the times that you don't feel like doing it that you probably need it the most. I agree. So when you're like, oh, today sucks. This is happening. All these things. One, you just attract more Mm -hmm. of that. And if you, whether you're a spiritual person or not, like just try to be aware of that because Mm -hmm. it just changes how you're going to talk to people or your customers or right. the, your husband or whatever it's going to be. And then all of a sudden you're having an argument with your husband and you're like, wait a minute, this yeah. is just like this whole day has been this way. But those are the days that you need to do it the most. Not when you're already 
feeling. I mean, yes. it's contagious, but it's like, okay, let me like re, let me rethink about like why I'm feeling this because way. you're growing that muscle, yeah. right? Exactly, even right. more. And each time you work at it, it builds on, and then you snap out of it quicker too, right? I, I don't. I, I did a gratitude journal like for a full year. I used an app to do it mm-hmm. where I took a picture and then put the gratitude with it like for a full solid year. I didn't miss one day. And it, that really kind of trained me. I, I don't do I don't do it that hardcore anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the time that I'm walking or just being quiet, like last night I was here late by myself, icing cookies, and I was like, God, how lucky am I that I have like 45 minutes to just be quiet and do this? You know, there you go. Very do simple one. Have, you yeah. know, so it's yeah. interesting. It's and interesting. I, and I think what you said earlier, again, relating business to mindset and personal things that you have going on, you could say that you have all these things against you, right? In the area, you don't get a lot of foot traffic. There's a lot of cafes, all these things. Your favorite um, like bakery just closed. But I, I really believe that even just talking to you, your mindset around all the opportunities that you have and what you're grateful for is why you're still here. And Absolutely, also the yeah. intention too, when you're, you're putting that out there that you want to spread love, like love is going to attract into here. And yes. I know that this is something I wanted to touch on as well is the community you formed. Yes. I mean, you have such repeat customers we that do, love yeah. to come in here. I know that every year I go to the Super Bowl party for my clients and I bring a box of cookies yes, yes, and they yes. get so excited and it's just fun. They just... I I don't know. It's yeah. People exciting. do get excited when they see our cookies. They don't really, really, like a lot of people are like, wow, you could eat that, you know? Um, but yeah, there's that, that reaction is like, you know, so much why I do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that. That's like a huge part of it. So yeah. And the community here is amazing. So I, we, you know, we were living in Weehawken, um, for years. My husband and I were both working in the city. He's also an artist, um, designer, And, um, we really wanted, he is from Seabright, so he always wanted to kind of get back down here. And, um, we ended up, we were always renting houses in the summer and renting, renting, renting. And then finally we had saved up enough money to buy something and we ended up buying an ocean grove and we would be here on the weekends and it was great. And then we'd find ourselves making it a four day weekend. And we, you know, I'd find myself coming down during the week if I could. And, and we were just like, wow, we really, really love it. So, um, the whole point of this was, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, Oh yeah, so we we were thinking about, you know, should we take the should we take the step and move down here? That was the whole thing. And I had never thought thought about owning a store. I was just like, no. This it's too much. I really don't want to stand around a counter all day. I have too much to do already. Like how would I ever do that? And we started becoming kind of immersed in this community. And there's so many great restaurants here. And it's a real foodie thing that's happening. It's not just good restaurants. It's people who are taking care with their ingredients. They're sourcing from local places. There's farm to table. There's amazing food everywhere. And people are really looking at it as an art. And that's kind of what I'm doing. So I was like, wow, I really want to be part of this foodie community. And, um, you know, I started putting the word out there and t- telling some of the, cause we ended up, you know, meeting a lot of the store owners and restaurant owners and, you know, Bianca from Interwoven is a friend. And, you know, we really started meeting a lot of people around and I put the word out that I was looking for a shop and Barbara next door who owns Patrie, um, was the first person in this row. And I reached out to her. She had known my husband, Keith from back in the day when they were working in fashion together, such a small world. Um, and she was really kind of looking for like, 
like she really wanted to have like an artisan thing going on on this block because her store is just pure, beautiful art, right? And so she recommended me to the landlord. I met the landlord and the rent was affordable. Now, one of the reasons the rent is affordable is because we don't have a lot of foot traffic. But I knew that I could afford the rent with what my baseline of what I was making. And my Aunt Del, who had passed away a few years before, had left me enough money that I knew that I'd be able to build a kitchen. So I didn't need a loan. I had that money saved, and I knew that I didn't want to just frivolously spend that money. I wanted to I wanted to do something that she would be proud of with it. And I knew I knew I could do that. And my husband built every piece of furniture you see in here. These tables I have been carrying around since I bought them at a tag sale uh, at Ralph Lauren. These are vintage chairs from a Martha tag sale. Like at all of our vintage stuff, like we we've always collected and loved. But we've also moved a lot, so we would keep our stuff in the basement. You know, we had we had a bench here, we had this there. And we really just kind of shoestrung the rest of it together. One of the things that we talked about in that panel is so many people take their 401k and spend it to open their business. And I I just never, that was never an option for me. I, I just felt like that was so dangerous. I, I was always, I guess my parents always just scared me about, you know, you have to have some money for when you get older. It's a good thing to be afraid uh, about, you know, especially yeah, be in aware of. world. But yeah, so this community is really just a huge reason. Um, and we ended up, selling our uh, Weehawken apartment and moving down here full time just last year. I was basically, once I opened the store, I was never able to get back up to Weehawken. And even though I still do some food styling in the city here and there, um, you know, I just do it from here and then I drive up and I'm there for the day or a couple days. I take jobs that I, uh, food styling that I could do like two to three days in a row. Sometimes I'll take a week of food styling, but only if I know about it like way in advance because I have to plan then who's going to be here covering the shop. So I love it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so every week we ask our guests this one question. It's what um, rules have you tossed out? I, I know that you shared with us. Does that remain to be the same or? <laughs> yes. Um, I think that I just really, I never really had like a rule book. I never had a, like a full, I, for me, like I was always following my heart. Um, the journey is the destination. I think I was telling you that, like, I feel like looking back, I have like quotes for every decade. So, um, you know, when I was in my twenties, like I, I was just on this amazing journey, working this amazing job in the city. And I didn't really have like a plan beyond that. Um, just creative opportunities were presenting itself. And when I felt like that job at Ralph, as amazing as it was, it wasn't like a huge creative outlet um, for me. And I knew I wanted to try something more. So, um, you know, I took a risk and the risk paid off. But it was a really long few years of working hard. Uh, I kept my full-time job. I was able to go part-time at Ralph Lauren um, while I started my side hustle, which was the cookie business, and I was doing events as well. And then um, I ended up taking the full-time job at Martha, and then I was still doing the cookies as a side hustle. But when Martha heard that I was doing the cookies as a side hustle, she wanted to know more about it. So again, that goes back to that story that we were talking about before, where it's like, you never know what's going to happen or who you're going to, who's going to be put in front of you and, and what opportunity that's going to bring. So I really never thought I was, I was a stylist, a prop stylist on the show. I never thought that that would lead to me having a cookie shop. Right. But ultimately it did. Well, and I think it goes back to your, um, 
say no, but. Yes. No, sorry. Say yes, but. Right? What no, it's saying. If you, if you can't do it, say no, but, but I could do But this. offer something else. Right. And offer, right. I think that like kind of comes full circle just really in the whole like talking with you this whole time yeah. is because um, a lot of entrepreneurs like the the theme right now going on is have boundaries and say no yes. and don't burn yourself out and it's like okay let's find a happy like me yes, because everyone is too. yeah and everyone is different and some people can take on more things than others because Absolutely. they nurture their mindset and other people know that they can't so it's like I really I feel like that say no but is like a really great happy medium for people that just feel like they want to say yes, but there's all this pressure of, you know, people, I mean, people tell me, people tell us all the time, you're doing too much. Well, I'm not complaining about it. So right. just let me do it. Right. And more, I hear that people too are like, oh, we're, I'm so afraid you're going to burn out. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. good. I mean, I've always been like one of those people that could do very little sleep. Yeah. I'm good on six hours. I know I am like, you know, so I really just kind of keep that in mind. And, and, you know, you know yourself and saying yes is the best way to further yourself with opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. And if you found yourself in a situation where, you know, scheduling, whatever it is, no, I can't do that exact thing, but I could offer you this. That's that's really. And to take it full circle, didn't Martha come visit the show? <gasps> she did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was that. so excited oh, to yes. interview today because I was like, yes, this just brings everything uh, together. It really was. It was so full circle. Yeah. Um, she received a New Jersey Hall of Fame mm-hmm. award. And when I found out that she was going to be doing that, I invited her to the shop. I sent her a cookie box, like formal invitation. And um, gosh, it was so amazing to see her here. Her um, team got here before and, you know, we had some snacks and some champagne and it was cool. It's always great. Like when I was on the show, it was really like lightning in the bottle type of team. Like I'm still really close with a lot of the people that we were styling and working with. And, you know, working in TV is really long hours too. So you really get to know those people. But it was so nice. Like we were sitting and hanging out and then like we saw Martha's car pull up and I like ran to the door like a little kid. And I was like, Martha, I'm so glad you're here. And it was so cool. It was really cool. She walked through. We did the full walkthrough. Um, and I had um, just small staff here working, a small amount of staff here working. But we were icing cookies. We were baking. We were doing all the things. And she was asking questions. And it was really cool. And then we got to go to the awards where she um, talked about her growing up in Nutley and like what really she's from she's Jersey girl so cool she talked about how the neighborhood she lived in was just like a melting pot of all different people and how she learned to make Italian sauce from the Italian family across the street and her mom was like an expert um, Polish chef and she was like it was really just like a microcosm of like what my business became it was all the things that she loved which is so amazing it was so cool to hear her say that and it was very very cool to have her here so yeah she's definitely been a mentor to me that's awesome well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, so we I'm, can eat these cookies. Now yeah, right. right? <laughs> I'm like, those are for you. <laughs> I'm just really. Ex- I was like all morning, so excited to come here, and just what a way to start the week too. So awesome! I'm so glad you guys asked me. Thank you so much. Thanks, I love love chatting with you. Thank and you. And you can find um, where can 
anyone like order cookies? How can they find you? Definitely sweetdannybee.com is the mm-hmm. best place to go. Um, we do all we do all of our order taking online no matter what because I need written records of what mm-hmm. people want. So even if you come in the shop, a lot of times I will email you back just to confirm. Mm-hmm. So uh, sweetdannybee.com or if you want to stop by, we're open on Saturdays and Sundays as a cafe. Uh, come and have a cookie and we could talk cookies or sign up for a class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'm most social media active on Instagram, which is also at Sweet Danny B. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great week, ladies.